0: Here I am, standing outside the front of the Mary Rose Museum. HMS Victory is to my left, and through the gap between Victory and the museum building itself, I can see the sides of HMS Queen Elizabeth and HMS Prince of Wales, the two massive aircraft carriers that are the pride of the Royal Navy. And there's a certain resonance here. In 1509, when Henry VIII came to the throne, one of his first acts was to commission the building of two new warships to add to his fleet. One was the Peter Pomegranate, the other the Mary Rose. Welcome to a very special podcast in the series from the Mary Rose Museum. Special because today we're going to be talking with Dominic Jones, who has taken over the role of Chief Executive and at time of recording has been in his new role for just two weeks. The last year has been a very challenging one for museums and the heritage and cultural sector in general. The Mary Rose Museum receives no government funding and although some financial support has been given as part of the emergency arrangements during the past year and especially with the government recognising the Mary Rose as one of the country's cultural gems, even so the museum has had to run on a skeleton staff and it's been a tough ask to stay afloat, no pun intended. Anyway, we're going to find out more about those challenges, how they might affect things when the museum reopens, and also talk about Dominic's vision for the future. Between you and me, I'm pretty sure he's got some exciting plans up his sleeves. And we'll also try and find out a little bit more about him as a person, what character he is likely to bring to the role, and how that might influence the direction of travel for the future. At the time of recording, we're still in lockdown, still socially distanced. But with a bit of luck, the museum will be able to reopen soon. So that's another thing we'll be able to talk about. What changes have to be made and measures taken to not just follow guidelines, but actually make visitors and staff feel safe and confident to visit. So let's go into the museum and talk to Dominic. Hi, Dominic. Hi, Adrian. Well, here we are in the empty spaces of the museum while it's still shut. Kind of weird and eerie in these empty galleries without visitors. But exciting times ahead, hopefully. Challenging maybe as well. But I'm guessing you might feel that there are some opportunities to be had. But before we talk in too much detail about your plans for the Merry Rose over the next few years, I thought it might be quite good to know a bit of your background. What were you doing before you came here?
1: Uh, well, um, yeah, it's, it's weird being in an empty in an empty museum. It's um, it just it, it feels fundamentally wrong to walk around and not see any of our, our guests. Um, I guess I've always been in a in a visitor attraction business, probably my whole life. So, I um, as a kid wanted to be a multi activity instructor and an outdoor pursuits manager. Um, and so, spent quite a lot of my summers working as a kayak instructor or a, um, a climber, and um, worked for a company called PGL. Um, and then I went to university in Swansea and decided, against the advice of my mother and the careers advisor and everyone in my school, to go and do a HND in leisure studies because it gave me placements working at PGL and being an outdoor activity instructor. And I guess during that time kind of fell in love with the tourism industry and ended up converting and doing a proper BA honours degree, working and doing placements in Disney World and at Thorpe Park. And sort of that changed my career. And no longer did I want to be a multi-activity instructor. Uh, I wanted to be a general manager of a visitor attraction. So I went on to Thorpe Park, I was a, a ride operator, a ride supervisor, a ride manager, an area manager. I went on to Chessington World of Adventures and worked there in operations. And then went to Madame Tussauds, where I was a customer service manager um, at the time when the London Eye was being built and Rock Circus still existed. And it was a great time to, and they were taking the ropes down and making it really interactive. It was brilliant. Um, And then I realised if I wanted to be a general manager, I needed to get some marketing and sales experience, and that wasn't going to happen in, in Madame Tussauds. So I left and went to work for Virgin, for Virgin Atlantic for 10 years, did various roles from reservations manager, sales manager, vice president Europe, Middle East and Africa. And then final role was uh, vice president sales for Asia Pacific, based in Hong Kong, looking after uh, the cargo and logistics, which was brilliant. Wow. Great experience. Saw lots of museums. You could ask me, Um, about my favourite museums and I will tell you that most of them I visited during that time. So it's phenomenal, from the Rijksmuseum to Hong Kong to Taipei and Taiwan. But um, I then uh, ended up having a baby or um, my wife became pregnant and realised I needed to change my focus and not be on 94 long haul flights a year. So we moved back to the UK and I ran a theme park in Wales called Oakwood Theme Park which was great fun and really good to get back into this industry I then went back to Merlin and worked uh, in Europe looking after all the sea lives the dungeons, the Madame Tussauds and Lego Discovery Centres that were in the rest of Europe region which was basically anywhere that wasn't Germany or the UK in Europe. So from Istanbul sea life to Paris to Helsinki uh, to Amsterdam it was it was just fantastic Uh, and then I finished off my time at Merlin as divisional director for Thought Park for two years looking after a theme park a hotel and the resort Um, and the commute and travel made me realise I now have three kids that I need to spend more time and change my focus so I applied to join the Mary Rose and was fortunate to be given the position of Chief Operating Officer and I've been doing that for the last two years and absolutely
0: love it Brilliant. OK. And, and well, up until two weeks ago when, of course, you became chief executive. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah,
1: week two. Uh, and what a time to join, hey, with the middle of a global pandemic. Um, you know, we've got we haven't been able to open apart from sort of eight to 10 weeks in the summer. We haven't been able to open for about 12 months. It is a tough time for our industry and, and, and tougher for the museums. And for the indoor attractions than it is for outdoor attractions. I mean, you know, my old job, uh, they they would have been open for a lot longer because they're an outdoor attraction at Thorpe Park. And, um, and I think for our world, it's also quite tough because a lot of our, our guests and our consumers are, are really worried about the safety and, and the, the vaccine coming in, which is good. And I think there's an element of people um, reassuring them and making them confident that when we do open, it's going to be safe and it's going to be a great place to visit.
0: Yeah, Have you got your plans already in place for what you need to do to get those visitors and staff to feel well- safe? Well, yeah,
1: we're still waiting for the the government guidance. But but what we did when we opened in the summer was we had a whole sort of reassurance campaign. We put in social distancing measures. We invested in hand sanitizers. Believe it or not, we actually sell our own gin at the Mary Rose, which is fantastic. Um, And the company that did the gin uh, made a load of hand sanitizers. So we were actually powered by Mary Rose gin hand sanitizers. But um, so we we have uh, lots of social distancing. But the only downside... Is all of that hands on experiences that the Mary Rose offers, you know, being able to, you know, touch the the rope and smell the tar, or, you know, if you're a kid, try on some of the the armour, all all of that has to be closed for now because of social distancing. So you're you're getting 98% of the experience without the sort of touching, hands on feel stuff.
0: Good reason to come back another time, though. Yeah, well, absolutely. (laughs) And and with all our, our, with majority of our tickets, you get to do that, which is fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, presumably, well, I know that there have been challenges in keeping the museum literally afloat in terms of all the building management systems have had to stay in place, haven't they? Well, what yeah, has well, been going on, so the, the challenges have been huge. Do you want to...
1: They, are, they absolutely are, and I like your afloat. I mean, I, I, you know, week two, and I don't want to be the man that sinks the Mary Rose again, for sure. But, <laughs> I mean, look, ca- ca- cash flow is so hard at the moment because 84% of our... Uh, income comes from paying guests, so we don't have that. But unfortunately, our costs continue, and and I think there was a recent vodcast with Ellie, our uh, Deputy CEO, and she talked about sort of some of the costs with sort of the condition and how we need to keep the ship with certain temperatures and certain humidity. And it's not just that. There's over sort of two million pounds worth of cost just if we didn't open the doors to the public that we need to to preserve the collection. It's part of our responsibility of you know caretaking this amazing collection for future generations. And so it, it's really tough. And And as we stand, you know, We've had a bit of support from some government emergency funds, which has been brilliant and we're very grateful. But if we don't do anything, we'll run out of money by the end of the year. So it's so important we get open and open safely. And when we are open, that people come and visit and ideally bring their friends and their friends' friends. And if possible, buy some of our gin and other stuff in the <laughs> shop to help us out. But, you yeah, know, it, it's been really tough and it's been really hard because we've got probably some of the best staff and volunteers in any business I've ever worked, actually, to to be fair. They're just fantastic. Um, And most of them have had to sit at home. You know, we've had to take advantage of the government furlough. We've relied on eight people to to keep everything else going. And everyone else has been on
0: furlough, and it's been so hard for them. So I, I can't wait to welcome them back yeah no absolutely and so once we welcome them back and uh, we return to some form of normality how do you see the future what are the challenges in the shorter and longer term and what plans do you foresee in trying to make i mean there's an anniversary coming up in next year isn't there of the raising the 40th anniversary of the raising I presumably things plans are afoot for that
1: yeah definitely well we, we are, we're so lucky i mean we, we're the Biggest Tudor collection anywhere in the world. There's no way you can get closer to Tudor England than the Mary Rose. And we, we, we tell about the biggest maritime salvation operation ever. You know, this is there's two phenomenal stories that, that we tell. And there are so many anniversaries. In in, in fact, in, in May it's fifty years since the Mary Rose was found and discovered. And as you sort of said, in 2022 uh, it's 40 years since the Mary Rose was raised. Uh, We've got an anniversary of the Mary Rose being sunk as well in the summer, which we've got an experience launching this summer about. So there's lots going on. I I I would say for me, the four biggest challenges, opportunities or... uh, I guess pillars of which I I want to sort of work in my tenure as Mm -hmm. as CEO would be, first of all, we've got to become a sustainable business. We've got to be able to stand on our own two feet. And that means we need to look at other revenue lines apart from the 84% of our visitor income. Uh, We need to look at what we can do in terms of our costs and in terms of maybe other partnerships and working with other people. So we've got to become sustainable. I think number two, is we are a museum of international significance um, but at the moment we're very much sort of based on portsmouth so we need to reach beyond portsmouth portsmouth is so crucial to us you know we were staffed by portsmouth crewed by portsmouth sank in portsmouth lost in portsmouth found in portsmouth i mean you get it right portsmouth We're Portsmouth mary rose but actually we should be also seen on the world stage so we need to work with other organizations all around the world and with this new interest in virtual tours and social media and podcasts like you know like you're doing we can hopefully reach a global audience and reach beyond Portsmouth and become that international museum of significance and uh, which our collection is. I think thirdly the collection is the heart of everything we do so, so for me we've got to make sure we look after the collection properly that we care for it and um, that we preserve it that we have a good plan for it we, we need to look at you know. What about the wreck site? You know, we we need to go down to the wreck site. We need to see, you know, what's happened down there. You know, do we need to protect, preserve, and even raise some of the artefacts that are still remaining down there? And I think, you know, we need to make a plan for that over the next five, ten years. And then finally, and I guess this is probably the most important for me, is we need to inspire the next generation. I mean, I, I grew up... Watching the Mary Rose being raised on TV on on Blue Peter, like probably a lot of people my age, but my my children certainly didn't, you know, and their children certainly won't have. So we need to inspire the next generation, and you know, a lot of what we are doing in the next couple of years is all about that. From our new family trails, from our new kids book, you wouldn't want to sail on the Mary Rose, amazing, recommend it on Amazon right now. To you know, our new 1545 experience, where we're going to tell you more about King Henry the Eighth about how when he came to inherit the crown, you know, he commissioned two ships. The Mary Rose was one of them. We're gonna learn about the Mary Rose's journey right up until that fateful day. And then we're gonna go on board the ship and see on a virtual ship and and see that sort of uh, fateful moment when the Mary Rose sank and then get to enjoy the museum. So we've got a new introduction coming in this summer. And then 2022, we're gonna have a year of activities. Uh, linking to the raising, and then looking at new products and briefing in that as we speak. So it's an exciting time, but an opportunity to inspire the future.
0: I was going to ask you, Don, what you were driven by, but your enthusiasm comes through. It's a, a fantastic thing. And obviously those priorities that you've talked about are going to be crucial in going forward, aren't they? And the virtual world is is where it's at as well, isn't it, as you were saying? It, so, Well, it is, but I mean, but the, it
1: is. And, and, and I guess one of the, the challenges is we are competing, you know, with uh, Netflix, with Disney+, Plus, with Discovery+, Plus, with, you know, being able to do anything virtually. Um, and what we've got on top of all that exciting stuff is we've got the real thing. You know, we've got over 19,000 Tudor artefacts. That's, that's, you know, the biggest Tudor collection of everyday life in the world. And we've got authenticity. You know, when you come and see our collection, you see... We're not interpreting how it might have been. We know how it was. You know, when you see the carpenter, carpenter's uh, cabin, we know the carpenter put an extra window in because we found it. You know, we we know for extra sunlight. We know that he had a dog. We know what was in his chest. We know what type of person he was. I mean, I think what makes us and what makes the Mary Rose really unique uh, is that we've also got that real, that integrity, and we've got a real collection. But you, but you're right. The world is very exciting. So. Uh, and we've got
0: great people. Yeah, the people really count. But that, that authenticity is really important mm. as well. I mean, everyone I've ever spoken to has always said, what, really? They're all real, those mm. objects? Because everywhere else has replicas. Um, and you've got, as you say, you've got the real thing. Have... Real thing,
1: but replicas in the shop, if anyone wants to come
0: and buy them. Uh, we, uh, every penny counts. Every penny counts. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, um,
1: yeah, we have got the real thing. And yeah. it's amazing. And it it's a story of human endeavour, how this amazing ship of King Henry VIII even you know Came to be here in Portsmouth in this amazing world-class museum, and it's the stuff that Netflix should make a film about. I mean, I watched the recent film of the Dig, and I thought it was fantastic. And I thought it's a great story, but the best story of human endeavour is surely the raising and finding of the Mayor Rose. So we probably need to start campaigning for Netflix or Amazon to make a movie. But you're, you're right, there's so much real stuff you can experience and see here. I mean, nothing. My my kids. Um, you know, I came here when I had my interview, but also when I when I when I I bring my kids all the time. And they love it. They love looking at the knit comb and saying, that's the same as the knit comb we have at home. Or they love smelling the rope and smelling tar. And mm-hmm. it's just a great experience. So all the virtual amazing stuff we do is brilliant, but nothing beats coming. And the idea is that's going to inspire people to come and visit. That's the plan. They, they get it. They get excited about our story and many stories and then come and visit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously your kids love the knit comb. What, what's your favourite thing in the Mary Rose? Well, that is a good question.
1: And I guess, I'll be honest, I think my answer changes every week. So, because it's, you're always finding new things. I, um, the thing that surprised me the most about the Mary Rose was the recent work um, that was seen on the Channel 4 documentary um, and the Many Faces exhibition, and the fact that we had a cosmopolitan crew and it, and it wasn't, you know, as you'd sort of expect, I guess, or as you think that, that Tudor Ring was. So that's kind of that surprised me the most. My favourite artefact... I mean, I did like the pocket sundials because I like the fact that, you know, every day, you know, we, we learned through the Mary Rose being found that everyday pocket sundials were a thing. It was fantastic. And, um, but probably my favourite artefact is the rosary beads because, you know, Henry VIII got, got rid of the Catholic Church in Britain and, and created a lot of the world we live in today um, with the Church of England. And rosary beads were actually frowned upon and you could get in a lot of trouble for having them. And so the fact that we found them on the ship meant that people were either still practising Catholics or still praying with rosary bees. But whatever they were doing, they would have done it in secret. And if the Mary Rose hadn't sank, their secret probably would have never been revealed. So I find that that fascinating. But I think with the Mary Rose, we just keep on learning. Every, every day is, is something is something different.
0: Every day is a school day. Yeah. 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 And,
1: and And I never thought I could get as excited and as passionate as I am... I mean, it's really interesting. Someone asked me about sort of what my hobbies were. And my hobbies used to be going to museums and getting involved in history. And now it feels like I'm doing my dream job because I get to do that on a day-to-day basis. It's for, it Yeah,
0: it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Don, as I said earlier, your enthusiasm just shines through. Apart from buying gin and the children's book, is there anything else that you want to tell us about before we close?
1: Um, I, I guess... The most important message I would say to to anyone is, you know, it's not just the Mary Rose, you know, our industry is struggling, um, you know, and not just in the UK, across the world. And the best thing to do is go and support your local museum, go and support your local heritage attraction. You know, we we go and see, we we go, we're members of National Trust, of Hampshire Cultural Trust, we go visit every museum, every attraction we possibly can, because it makes such a difference. Obviously when it's safe to do come visit the May Rose and Portsmouth Historic Dockyard but but whatever you do just try and support your local museum and heritage attraction that will really help.
0: Okay Dom it's been a joy as always having a chat with you and your enthusiasm shines through I know I'm repeating myself now but uh, it really does. I wish you every success in your new role for the next two weeks and beyond (laughs) and I'm sure we'll be talking again at some time in the not too distant future about more events but thank you so much. Brilliant thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Well, I hope you have enjoyed listening to Dominic's thoughts on the challenges ahead and about how the Mary Rose Museum can continue to give the past a future. To do so, as you will have gathered, the museum still needs your support. So, do please feel free to make a donation, which you can do on the website. And there you can also buy advance tickets to visit for when we reopen. Although at this moment in time, we still don't have an exact date for that reopening. Following government guidance, we hope the museum will be able to reopen in mid-May. In the meantime, of course, you can have a listen to the other podcasts we have produced. For now, please stay safe and well, and we look forward to welcoming you into the museum when the doors reopen.